This is the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. Today's podcast is part two of an interview with Nick Starkey and Nicole Whitecotton as they continue to talk about the phase A of learning that's part of the Learning Centered School model. And so as a refresher, we were talking about how phase A is about creating images, identifying patterns, setting the hook, helping get those shared experiences that everybody now can refer to as they continue on in their learning. And so we're going to rejoin that conversation now with Nicole, Nick, and Kendall Terry. Well, and I know we... we not to say that you can't learn without that, because right. you can, but the value that it holds when it becomes real um, goes to a whole nother level. Yeah. And I, so, you know, as a science person, I love science, I love nature and, and that sort of thing. And we always look for experiences when we're talking about vacations. My family's vacations are experiences. Like, that's what we're looking for. And so we're not the go and relax in a hammock for all week. Those are fun, but that's typically not what we look for. Well, I remember we took the kids to Alaska a couple years ago. It's in the middle of June. In the middle of June in Alaska, they have about like 22, 23 hours of daylight. You know, like that's, it's all day long um, and all night long. And even in the middle of the night, like it's still not dark like we, like we have here. But the thing that it was like, you know, I always knew that this happens, right? And the the tilt of the earth and rotation around the sun and and, how all this goes. I I get all that scientifically. But I remember watching the sun go across the sky throughout the day as I was, you know, experiencing things in Alaska. And the sun never went to the middle of the sky like it does here. You know, the sun kind of rises and it, it, for the most part, gets up about what you would consider the middle of the sky, you know, and it goes back down the other side. And because of, of where it sits in in relation to the axis of the earth and all that the sun would kind of come up over the side of the mountain and it would kind of like track on a on almost a horizontal he's plane. pointing for you guys i am so that you can understand <laughs> but it, it didn't go up into the middle of the sky it kind of stayed at a level above the horizon yeah. where and it kind of circled you mm-hmm. and it was like wow like that experience is a whole nother understanding then of the rotation of the earth mm-hmm. and the slight slant of the earth. And that's why they end up with these, you know, the middle of the summer, they're having sunlight almost all day long. And then the middle of the winter where they're having darkness almost all day long and the sun kind of peaks for a second and then goes away. And it's because of the slant of the earth. Well, I've learned that. I don't know how many times in a science class of whether, well, you know, the earth has this kind of slant to it and the rotation and, but it's that experience that all of a sudden now you see that pattern completely different than reading about it, watching a video about it or whatever of you're actually standing there. Now we can't, it would, my, I, I mean, I would love for us to be able to just like take all the kids to Alaska, you know, I would volunteer for that. Right. Uh, we could do some wilderness stuff. Exactly. We could do some, you know, frontier uh, work, but. So it, I want to yeah. support that with some statistics. Absolutely. Go National ahead. education, um, Association says that regardless of gender, ethnicity, or socioeconomic status, children who take field studies have better grades 59% of the time. They have higher graduations from high school 95% of the time. And college uh, and graduation from college 63% of the time, and a great, a, a 12% greater income. Than students that don't experience travel and field studies. Wow, that's that is powerful, and and having that just experience that reality 
it, it we know what it does in, in the learning because it allows those patterns then to be set in. And once the pattern is there, then we can get, which is what you talked about, to that program, which that's the terms we use in the model, pattern to program. Pattern is that recognition, and then program is us using that. And, and we want to get to where kids can use it in a unique way, right? That they're not just repeating the thing we did in class, which is what a lot of times happens in, in school of you learn it, you do the worksheet, you do the practice, you do the homework, you do the exercise. And then when you get to the test, really, it's just the question is really the same question they've always had. It's just written, you know, with some different numbers or a different example in there. But they're really just doing the exact same program right. that they've learned in the pattern. But we want kids to get to that point of actually connecting dots that go beyond right. what we taught them and start connecting those real world. Like you said, with your example with uh, the architect um, coming into the classroom, that is now taking fractions and using it in a way that's outside of how we're going to practice fractions and how we're going to teach fractions. And so that that has so much power and then meaning. And, and you want them, hopefully, to carry that over into cooking and into, you know, into how they're dividing up you know, whatever it is at the house for the number of people that are there, uh, that's where math starts to become important to understand, right? Uh, you might be using it in the garage with dad on, on some tools or mom on some tools out there that, you know, you're trying to get the right measurement of a, of, of a socket set mm-hmm. or whatever. Those, those things matter. Um, and I know if you're on the job site with my father-in-law, he expects you to be able to read the, the measuring tape correctly, <laughs> you know. And when he tells you to go cut something at an eighth, he expects you to be able to do that. Yes, sir. Um, and if you can't do that, you're not going to have a good day with him out on the, on the job site, <laughs> right? Um, he's not going to take this as a teaching experience. It's, mm-hmm. it's going to cause him money because it's time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those, we want them to have that pattern so that they can apply that pattern then in a different way. So we've talked about in this, we've talked about being there, we've talked about experience. Um, what were some other things that, that we did with staff and talked about um, in, in the relationship of that pattern A that, or that phase A of learning? When students come into a room, we want there to be high interest visuals. We want their learning space to be a place that is safe, that is clean, and that they can already see what's going to happen. I know when I go visit Miss Reidner's class in our kindergarten, the high interest visuals, the posters, the, the pieces of the letters, the digraphs, they're all around me in a very neat and organized way. She has an immersion area for students to see what's coming next and go put hands on it. There are all kinds of places here on CBA's campus where the students are immersed in learning all day long. Yeah. You know? Everywhere they go in the classroom, there's something to put your hands on. There's a book. There's a high interest. Uh, my boys right now in the 1920s, it's all about baseball right now. You've <laughs> got to know who the king is. Yeah. So those things were very important for us. And I think that was the piece that I loved about our last professional development was getting the teachers out into their breakout rooms. Go visit the other classrooms. When we go into Miss Lovin's class, the Native American it, you know just buffet that's in there is just incredible you've got all kinds of different materials and when you walk in you are already highly interested we see that from tours of their eyes are not on the teacher it's around on the classroom oh my goodness look at all the things that we have that's a huge benefit for us and as a teacher it allows you to really enjoy the art of teaching yeah and i know you guys actually did you referred to it as the way we ended that pd was for them to be in small groups and to go out and explore uh, the classrooms. You had a QR code for teachers to give you some feedback. I don't know if you've had a chance to review some of that feedback, but 
Um, I think that would be interesting to look at because you were asking teachers to find this from preschool all the way up through 12th grade, which is one of those things that we talk about. We do this model from preschool three-year-olds all the way through 12th grade, 18-year-olds. Mm -hmm. And it's a model that we know it might look a little different, right? It's going to, the, the, those visuals that you were talking about in kindergarten, it's not saying that we don't have those visuals when you walk into a 12th grade English room. Right. But it's the 12th grade English visual fits the 17, 18 year old that's walking into that room as opposed to the kindergarten visual that's fitting the four or five year old that's walking in the room or the, the six year old. And so that's important to try to see. I don't know if you had a chance to review any of that yet, but um, I'd love to hear some of, of that and see some of what the, the teachers put down on there. Um, Nicole, another thing that you did with the staff, because sometimes when you're talking about, especially in the example you gave of the planetary discussion, mm -hmm. Sometimes we're going to talk about some abstract things that mm -hmm. to say, let's give everybody experience. Sometimes that experience is not an easy experience, especially the more abstract the concept either. Right. And, and for science, what that ends up being is the abstract part is either we're going so small that you can't see it mm -hmm. or the example you gave, we go so large yeah. you can't see it. Yeah. And so what are some experiences then you can go with the experience you gave with the staff, but other experiences maybe you know of that we use to try to still give that that being there hands-on, even though the thing we're talking about is not easy to do in a hands-on right. way. Well, the first thing you do is make something, you, you have to connect again. And so since this is about distance and space, um, this is, we started by telling, you know, getting the staff talking about how far is too far. And, you know, we had them have this, you know, chat. And, boy, some of them got into it, let me tell you. But how far is too far to get dinner after work, yeah. right? And, and do you just get it on the way home? Are you willing to go get your family and go out? Do you eat cereal? Like, how far is too far <laughs> to get dinner when you can't cook it at home? And uh, that was very entertaining. But there is this already getting the brain talking about far, distance far, all those concepts. And then I just had everybody go outside and I had them do a rough scale, minute, tiny scale of the solar system mm. to kind of um, understand that the scope of that. And so we stood on a sidewalk and I was like, okay, um, Uranus, which that was fun. Absolutely. To have no matter what age group of no, people yeah, it's we are because that's not what we grown called it. group of humans we called it uranus growing up yes yes we but did. now the scientific community i think as a whole is calling it uranus yeah. but anyway <laughs> the pe committee here at clayton bradley could not quite get there they, yeah, <laughs> Josh we, we couldn't get through it but i just had i had teachers walk away from me the sun um at at certain intervals so i had pluto walk uh, 230 steps away, Neptune 180, uh, Uranus, Uranus 116, Saturn 58, and it gets all the way down to Earth, Venus, and Mercury, and Mercury was only two steps away from the sun. Mm. And then I'm standing and yelling, and Pluto and Neptune hadn't even, weren't even able to accomplish it, accomplish their steps. Right because they ran out of room before the building stopped them and i and so being able to visually see and then i reminded the whole staff it was a very quick activity i think right, that right. we had 80 staff and we were able to all engage in it and it took less than 10 minutes yeah. but then right before we went back in to continue our lesson 
quote unquote, um, I said, keep in mind that our solar system is just a teeny tiny speck in the Milky Way, right. which is a teeny tiny speck in space. Yeah. So just for some perspective. And so by making distance real to us as our little tiny selves in the grand scheme of things, and then talk about something that is way too big for us to comprehend, and then make that small, yeah. I think that it, it does give us a little bit more insight. And I'm doing that with a group of adults. And we did those things because Nick and I wanted to do all of the things we ask the teachers to do. And often the teachers talk about that, how important it is for us to at times flip the switch and do things the way we do them with kids. Yeah. And Nick and I, and you can speak to this too, had so many teachers thank us on the way out. And that's special to us. That's special to me to have teachers say, thanks, man, that was awesome. That time went by so fast. That was so meaningful. That was, oh my gosh, what about this and this? And when you're part of a staff and you have other, you have peers saying, that was great. Whenever you've come in and taught them something, yeah, you know, you're doing something right. You, and, and, and we try to do that for our students. Yeah. I'm not being very articulate right now, but it mattered to me. Absolutely. It, it mattered to me. Absolutely. You know, I think, and then we try to put that in perspective of, of based on orbits and, and all of that, mm -hmm. of, of what scientists are saying of with the rocket technology that we have and how we know we can move through space. If you can get the right launch at the right time, it's a good three years to get to Mars. Mm -hmm. You know, we talk about, oh, yeah. you know, the, the SpaceX stuff, talking about colonizing Mars maybe one day and that sort of thing. And there's still so much that we have to learn to get to that point. But that's, a, that's assuming you get the right launch. If you don't hit that right window, then one, you just miss Mars altogether. Mm -hmm. But because of the vastness of space and the orbital patterns and all that, I mean, it's a very intricate thing. And it's a three-year journey to do it if you get everything right. And then we have to figure out how humans are going to be on some kind of rocket for three years. <laughs> 20 minutes was too far for our staff to go get dinner. Right. Three years. Is just the to get planet. there. Right. Just yeah. to get there. And um, life expectancy, too. I mean, whenever you talk about space, you're also going to be talking about biology and yes. human life expectancy and how experiences can be experienced. We're literally going to be going from generation to generation before something is finished. Absolutely. And that, that kind of scale is hard for an adult to wrap their head around, mm -hmm. let alone when you're talking to a, a middle school or elementary, because we start talking about space in like second grade. Yes, sir. Um, and so when you start trying to put that together, like, man, that's, that's a tough concept to try to understand. So looking at all these other ways to try to help at least set a foundation so that the next time they hear about it, they've got that pattern of something is there that they can now go a little deeper. And then the next time they hear about it, they can go a little deeper. And the mm -hmm. next time they hear about it, they can go a little deeper. And so that's the goal of the model. That's, you know, to say, well, if they do phase A in fifth grade, then by the time they hit sixth grade, they're not doing phase A learning anymore. That's not the case because mm -hmm. there's sometimes there's new stuff, but then there's also that, like they learned an amount in fifth grade, but then, and I, I know you guys historically, you hit some of the same time mm -hmm. periods. The stuff you're doing in fifth grade for history is part of that experience connection point for phase A again in eighth grade, right? That they can hit yeah. and say, oh, I've got this pattern. Now I've got more information to put into that pattern. And so that's part of that re-engagement. And then they hit it again in um, high school in 11th grade. Is it 11th grade? Mm -hmm. They hit that some, some of that same time period, right? So now they're able to go a little bit deeper. They've got those 
common sense pamphlets that go back to to go wait I remember what that was like and now they're able to read at a higher level and they're able to analyze at a higher level and they're able to start making some bigger connections there again but it's all part of that back to phase a right that experience that shared um, learning that being there activating all of those senses it has so much power to making that learning happen in the Mm -hmm. brain because learning is going to happen. It can happen by accident. It can happen through a lot of ways, but we want to be so intentional with what we're doing. And so we know the pattern that learning takes place. It starts in that right frontal lobe and we want to make sure that we're doing the thing to activate that there so that then we can get that learning to process to that deeper level in the brain and get into long-term memory, get into that part of program that they can apply what they've learned to something completely new um, Mm -hmm. down the road as they go through life, right? So thank you guys both. This has been a great discussion. I've had a great time talking to you. I always have a great time talking to you too uh, when it comes to learning and experience and what you guys do and the way you think and what you do with our kids. It, it really is an amazing thing to see and do. Thank you both for what you do for our kids here at CBA. Thank you. I love the opportunity. And thank you for setting down and giving some of your time. This is during your planning period, so you're giving me some of your time that you could be doing something else or eating or whatever, and I appreciate <laughs> that. I don't take that lightly. So thank you so much for doing this. Thank you, Mr. Terry. Thank you. This has been the Ignition Point, Clayton Bradley Academy's podcast, where every day we work to help students excel through critical thinking, problem solving, collaboration, and use of our lifelong guidelines and life skills. If you'd like to find out more about Clayton Bradley Academy, you can visit us on our webpage, www.claytonbradleyacademy.org, or you can visit us on social media sites at CBA STEM or at Clayton Bradley Academy. We hope you have a wonderful day.